You're listening to Along the Narrow Way, a podcast that walks you through books of the Bible verse by verse to help you dig into God's Word so you can walk along the narrow way with Christ more faithfully. Hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. Join them as they help us understand the Bible so we can walk more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. Hello to everybody out there in Facebook land and to my one student tonight. <laughs> so, anyway, I hope Brother Will's he's out, our host with the most Holy Ghost, as I like to call him, is out on vacation with his family at the beach. So, pray that they're having a good time and restful time and get back to us safe and sound and ready to to minister to the flock again, <laughs> as you would say. Tonight, we're going to finish up First uh, Peter chapter 3, and we just kind of cover verses 13 through 22, but I'm going to just kind of read, start at verse 8 and just read down through uh, verse uh, 22, kind of gives us a recap and everything, and it's going to be kind of talking about being zealous for the Lord tonight. I know that's kind of weird coming out of First Peter because usually when we're talking about zeal, we usually talk about the Apostle Paul, but we'll see tonight that just we just need, we all need, it wasn't just with the Apostle Paul, all of us need to be zealous for the Lord. So that's what we're going to kind of go over tonight, and best I can by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's just pray and see what happens. Uh, dearest Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time to be in your word and that you're the living God and that there is no other. And I pray just right now you'll just guide me and, to, and just tell, and help me to rightly divide the word of truth by the power of your Holy Spirit and just take what I say and, 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 uh, and translate it to the hearts of those who need to hear it and may seeds be planted in their hearts, Father, and that they grow in faith. I grow faith around you, and I just pray your will be done. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ's name I'm going pray. Amen. Amen. So, all right. Chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Here we go. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now we're going to, that was our recap. Now we're going to kind of pick up where our lesson starts, verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy always. Be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. 
in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they firmly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. So there we go. That's chapter 3 right there. So what is it to be zealous for what is good? Well, if we look up there in chapter 13, or verse 13, I'm sorry, of chapter 3, you'll see... If you suffer, what is it? But excuse me, chapter fourteen. You will see that suffering for righteousness' sake is a way to be zealous for the Lord. Having no, and what is that suffering for righteousness' sake? I think that's having no fear to speak the truth, to to honor God in our hearts. You know that that to me is being zealous for God. I, I believe this is what the zeal Peter grew to have. All the things Peter has been writing about are the experiences he went through in his walk with Christ and his spiritual growth. You know, he he's seen how zealous uh, Jesus was for his father's house, how passionate he was for the for God's for for God's house and his people and uh, and that he was willing to go through he was willing to make himself a servant and to come in the form of a servant and, and go through all the sufferings of life that we all have to endure. But Christ did it perfectly. And Peter witnessed this, that he suffered for righteousness' sake. And, you know, and, the, and, and also that he had no fear. There was no fear in... in, in and, 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 that's, and that's what I believe is being zealous for God. Again, what is being said? To not be troubled in the heart, as it says there in John chapter 14. You know, if you go back to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 2, and we'll, I'll go over there real quick. Pages are sticking together. There we go. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. See, that's the, we don't have to be troubled in our heart. We don't have to be f in fear to speak the truth. We don't have to fear to be zealous for the Lord. You know, that's, I think that's the, that's what being zealous for the Lord is all about. That, that we're reading about here. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ as Lord, honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense. And there was another, in verse 15, we need to always honor Christ as holy. And how do we do that? By being prepared to make a defense. 
for the reason why we worship Christ. Why do we go through all these things? Why are we willing to suffer for righteousness sake? Well, it's because of the love of Christ, because he was willing to suffer for us and prepare a place for us that we might be with him. That's why we're willing to do that, because he's God, and he's not going to let us perish. God never wanted anybody to perish. That's why he prepared, that's why he sent Jesus. That's why he's gone to prepare a place for us. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to reveal these things and, and to to. to to cause us to be zealous for God's word. If you're on fire for Jesus, if you've really placed your faith in Jesus, you're going to have some a, a zeal for God. When you hear somebody slander God, when you hear somebody preach God's word wrong and 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 and, and try to say try to try to put things into God's word that's not even right, say that did God actually say this and or did it is God's word really saying that this is a sin and stuff like that? If God's word says it's a sin, it's a sin. There's no, there's no argument in that. God says it's wrong, it's wrong. You know, it, 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 you know some of the things that he says is wrong, you know, those may necessarily might not seem like they're wrong, but he knows what's best for us. He knows that these things will ultimately lead us away from him. So that's why we need to be serious for the Lord. That's why we need to be prepared to make a defense. And that way, we honor Christ as holy. Continue on. For anyone who asks you that is for, for a reason, for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And there's another thing. We need to have gentleness and respect Yes, we need to be zealous, but it doesn't need to be an angry zeal. Like I'm going to get back to you, bit back at you for doing this. Like, like there's a lot of people that used to, in my day when I was a younger kid. I used to hear a lot of prejudice towards the Jewish people that, and and that they are the ones that killed the Messiah and all this stuff. No, we the world and our sin is what placed Jesus on the cross, and that is what has happened. It wasn't it, it, God used the Jewish people to bring forth the Messiah and he worked in and through them and everything like that but it's not it was all our faults we have to remember that Roman soldiers crucified him they weren't Jews they were Gentiles and stuff like that we need to be we have to have gentleness and respect for each other we have to have a good conscience so that when you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. You see, there's going to be people slanderous for defending Christ, for showing gentleness and respect. There's going to be people that call you weak when you show gentleness. There's going to be people that call you, that, that they're going to call you a holy roller for showing respect to God's word all the time. They're going to revile you for your good behavior. But... If you stay true to God's word, if you stay zealous and have your zeal in your heart in the right place for God, they'll be put to shame. For it says in verse 17, it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. So we don't want to, you know, just preach a feel-good message all the time. We want to preach the truth. But we want to do it with gentleness and respect. But even if that steps on their toes and they revile us, and that's God's will, it's better to suffer in that way for preaching the truth than it is to suffer for preaching the life, 
to preach uh, than to preach the, a lie. If you preach a lie, you're going to stand before God and answer for that. Those preachers and ministers and teachers and all that stuff that are out preaching heresy of God's word or not preaching the full truth, they will stand before God and be held accountable for the evil they are doing. They will suffer way worse than they would have ever suffered in this life for doing what is good. Verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but, be, but made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is going into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, powers, having been subjected to him. Christ suffered once for sins. This is, this is the defense we can make. Christ suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. We were unrighteous, and God in his righteousness suffered for us. Being put to death in his flesh, being made alive in the spirit. And he proclaimed, and Christ proclaimed these to the spirits in prison because they were they formerly did not obey. Now that's been a, a confusing passage for me through time. That he that being put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. I guess the only way I've ever been able to I've, I've read a lot I've read a few commentaries on this and heard a thing. To my understanding, this is the people in the flood. Prior, I guess, I mean, I may be quoting this the wrong way. I may be saying this the wrong way. That God, I guess Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he went down into prison, into, into hell itself. And he preached to these lost souls in the days of Noah. And I don't know what I don't know if they believed or not. It doesn't really say. It just says, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through. You know, eight persons were brought through this flood. Noah and his family. That's the only salvation that was proclaimed in those days. That's the, because Noah was faithful to God, because he was zealous for God, because he was a preacher of righteousness, God blessed him and saved his family. That's really what I get from right here. About those that Christ went down into prison and proclaimed to the spirits, I don't know whether those spirits believed or, or anything like that. We'll have to, I advise people to ask their pastor or look deeply into, more into that to a person that has more knowledge into that because I'm not sure exactly what happened to those spirits. But I know Christ went and proclaimed to them and they formally did not obey. But God did bring Noah and his family safely through. And then it gets to another confusing passage right here in verse 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. 
not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal for God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. A lot of people think that this means that water baptism is your salvation. I don't believe that's what God is saying right here. I think a water baptism is a result of your salvation. Because look what it says right there, verse 21. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal for God, to God for a good conscience. Removal of dirt from the body. That, that's a symbol of sin. You know, because the earth is cursed. It's sin. We were brought from the dust, dirt, and everything like that. So it's not removing that. God's removing that. I think this is what baptism, water baptism, is one of those zealous things, being zealous for God. You want to have a good conscience before God. You want to obey God. You want to make, you want to make, you want to, to make your proclamation of faith known. You don't want to hide it. You know, I, you know, I went for years without taking my baptism, and I didn't have a good conscience. Uh, it bothered me. And then sometimes it made me question my salvation. Because you're living in disobedience to God. So I believe right here, water baptism is really your f first step of Zelia's faith in God. I want to call it that. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's see, let's read that. Baptism which corresponds to this now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the key word. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what saves you. Baptism is a result of that. I mean, we, when I read into that, that's what I see. To me, it kind of says that water baptism kind of seals the deal that you have really fully trusted Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and God. Not after the baptism, before the baptism. And that's a result of it. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. I mean, that, to me right there says it all. God has, Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of God with the angels, with the authorities and powers having been subjected to him. That means God has set the standard for salvation. It's through the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what this passage says right here, I believe. And there is no other, there's no other way to be zealous for God than to, be, than to produce acts of faith, a willingness to submit to God, 
to make that profession of faith before others. To follow Jesus' example. If, if he was willing to go get baptized, fully immersed in water, he didn't get sprinkled, then we should be. Because we want to honor God as holy. And Christ was holy. And we want, to, we want to display gentleness and respect in our hearts. We want to have a good conscience before God. And we want to always be prepared to make a defense for the reason why we believe and place our faith in God. And there's no better way to start than to come forward and take your baptism in Jesus and make that public. Make that profession of faith. Make it known. Be zealous for God. Let him speak in and through your life. Because that's really a whole a baptism service. It's really a service unto itself. It, it shows that you've surrendered to God. It shows that you are willing to speak up for God, to be zealous for God, to, to, to not be ashamed to be called his child. And I personally believe you really receive power from the Holy Spirit when you do that. That's, I mean, you're already sealed with the Holy Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit as soon as you receive Christ. And the, and the water baptism is, is a symbolic of all this. But when you put your faith in action, that's when the power of the Holy Spirit starts moving in and through you. And this is your first act of faith as a new Christian. And some of you who placed your faith in Christ that have not done this and waited many years, why not get yourself in in the right place. Get your conscience in the right place before God. Honor him as holy. And be zealous for him. That's really all I have tonight. I'm going to let Brother Will do chapter 4 next week. We could have just went in. There's really no good breaking spot right here. But the main point, if you didn't hear anything any night, any, anything else tonight, is to honor God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. Don't be ashamed to be zealous for him and don't be in fear when people come against you for, have, for standing firm in your faith with God. And that's what I leave you all with tonight. Again, I want to, I didn't really say this at the beginning, but I want to say a special prayer tonight before we go off for the people for all the people in England and stuff as they lost the queen you know some people might think that's kind of silly or something that we shouldn't even honor that or anything like that but you know that's, that's somebody who served for 70 years and uh, if she placed her faith in the Lord and I've heard a lot of scripture read this week and I think God is using this moment in time to let people hear some scripture, hear the truth of God, and to see somebody who was really zealous for God and served him. And uh, yeah, there's a good example in that of service and surrender to God. Because any position of power, authority that God places you in in this world, 
you have to remember and be humble enough to admit that God has placed you there. And Queen Elizabeth did do that. And uh, I think she honored him in that all the 70 years of her life, or 70 years of her reign, 96 years of her life. And I just want to say a special prayer for the, that country and the, and the royal family and for everybody tonight. Dearest Lord, we just thank you and praise you. And Lord, we do lift up the country of England and the royal family particularly and all those, all, their, all the queen's children and uh, particularly King Charles as he takes over and all those who are in leadership positions around this world that they will see that you have placed them there and that they need to be an example of, so of your sovereignty, Lord, and that your will be done in their lives. And I pray they will, and if they won't, remove them and put people there that will. Lord, we praise you for the 70 years of service Queen Elizabeth served in and surrendered to you in. And I just pray that that will be an example and the scriptures and the things being read during the services will resonate in hearts, especially of those who are lost, that they may come to you. And we just praise you that you are the living God. And I praise you for all that you do. And may we be zealous for you, Lord. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ's name I'm going to pray. Amen. You have been listening to Along the Narrow Way, hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay faithful to walk along the narrow way with Jesus.